Welcome to another episode of the Virtual Coffee Break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. My name is Martin Mangual, and for today's episode, I'm glad to be introducing dairy educator Paola Basigalupo and her guest, Dr. Angel Abuelo. They will discuss updates and multiple new studies regarding management practices to decrease hypoglycemia in fresh cows. Lead us away, Paola. Hi, I'm Paola Vazigalupo, MSU Extension Dairy Educator, and I'm with Dr. Angela Abuelo. Dr. Abuelo is an assistant professor at the Large Animal Clinical Science Department. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks. So can you tell us a little about your background and the research you're doing at MSU? Yeah, sure. So my background, I'm originally from Spain where I did my veterinary training and also my PhD and at the same time my clinical training in bovine health. After that I was working in Australia as a faculty member for about three years before joining MSU. Broadly speaking my interests are in dairy production medicine and in terms of like research I focus primarily on dairy calves and immunology and the interaction between nutrition and immunology just explore ways that we can enhance the immune system of the calves and therefore their resistance to diseases by nutritional interventions. Thank you. Very impressive resume. So in this episode, we are going to be discussing some new research on subclinical hypocalcemia or subclinical milk fever. I think most of our listeners are familiar with milk fever, how to treat it and how to prevent it. But could you tell us what is subclinical hypocalcemia and why should we care about it? Yeah, as you mentioned, everyone probably is familiar about like milk fever and there's a lot of evidence now showing that the prevalence or the presence of that disease in dairy farms in the U.S. has been continuously decreasing in the last decades. But subclinical hypocalcemia is something somewhat different in terms of cows that have subclinical hypoglycemia do not show any clinical signs. So the only way for us to identify cows that have subclinical hypoglycemia is to go and take a blood sample and measure the calcium concentrations in blood. So as the name says, it's kind of like a subclinical process in which if we don't test for it, we are not going to know whether the cows are subclinically hypoglycemic or not, or whether they have like low calcium or not. It's, to put it on a simpler way is when the concentration of calcium in the blood of the cow decreases, but it does not decrease as much that would cause the cow to go down. Okay. And why is it important? I mean, it's really important. As we know, like milk fever, it's what it is, but subclinical hypercalcemia is also important because it has been linked and there, there's substantial evidence showing that cows that experience subclinical hypocalcemia are more likely to then develop other diseases later on, such as a displaced abomasum or metritis or also mastitis. Uh, if we just think about the role of calcium, cows need calcium for any muscle construction. So if we think about, okay, the digestive tract, the reproductive tract, or, or even like the teeth need muscle function to actually work. So when the muscles are not able to work properly because the 
uh, the concentrations of calcium are low, then that's a kind of a risk factor for other diseases. And also subclinical hypercalcemia, in addition to being a risk factor for subsequent diseases, also has been associated with decreased milk production and decreased reproductive efficiency in the dairy cows that have been affected by it. So it's something that it has important consequence for like the health and productivity of our dairy cows. Yeah, multiple reasons why we should care about it. And if we're not seeing that cow, like there's, she's not showing clinical signs, she's not down due to low calcium levels, this can have very important consequences in the, the future uh, and that current lactation. You mentioned that low blood calcium, and for this, we need a sample. Is that the only way to diagnose a clinical hypercalcemia? Yes, unfortunately, right now, the only way is so that we can diagnose a cow as experiencing subclinical hypercalcemia is by taking a blood sample and having the calcium concentrations in the serum analyzed. And to make things more complicated, unlike, for example, ketone bodies where we can measure beta hydroxybutyrate cow side, right now there is no validated device that can measure calcium cow size. I mean, there are like some, but cost prohibited. So yeah, in practical terms, we will need to take the sample and send it to our lab to be analyzed. Okay. Uh, so is this a common practice on dairy farms, in your opinion, in your experience? I mean, in my experience, it's, I mean, not as routinely as you, for example, would do like bed hydroxybutyrate, so like, which is it has become a really extended practice in many dairy farms, but there are like several farms that they just do it on a somewhat regular basis where they will get like a representative sample of cows and analyze it. So it's not as extended as other monitoring practices such as beta-hydroxybutyrate for ketosis, but it starts to become a more common practice now that we understand the implications that the clinical hypocalcemia can have. And again, it's a condition or disease that we are not going to know that we have it unless we test for it. And like some of the research that has been shown suggests that up to 50% of multiverse cows will experience subclinical hypocalcemia in early lactation. Wow, that is very uh, high prevalence of this disease, if we can call it a disease. You mentioned that now studies are kind of making the, the producers to be more actively uh, looking into subclinical hypocalcemia. And that brings the first study that we want to discuss today. This study came from the group out of Cornell. And what they did is that they measure blood calcium levels every day during the first four days in milk and look for association with the blood calcium levels and different variables. And they found an association between low blood calcium measure right after calving, so on day milk one, and high milk production. So Dr. Abuelo, can you tell us what are the implications of this finding? Yeah, so this is a very interesting study out of the group from Dr. Jess McCart at Cornell. 
they really did a great job at investigating the dynamics of calcium concentrations in blood during the first days after calving. And it's kind of like changed how we understood hypoglycemia or subclinical hypoglycemia to be more, more precise. So traditionally, or it has the historical definition of subclinical hypoglycemia was calcium concentrations in blood lower than two millimoles per liters within the first 24 to 48 hours after calving. However, with this research, it actually showed that it's that what it matters is not really that drop in calcium concentration right after calving, but it's the ability of the cows to recover from that decrease in calcium concentrations. As we know from like milk fever, a decrease in calcium concentrations in blood, it's somewhat expected right after calving because of all the demands for calcium because of colostrum and milk production. So there's like sudden increase in demand. So somewhat a decrease in calcium concentration is expected. But like this research showed that is a matter of how well can the cows recover from that decrease because the cows that went to be subclinical hypocalcemic and then recover fast, what they just define as transient hypocalcemic, those were like the ones that produce more milk and have less disease or adverse events than cows that remain subclinically hypocalcemic for a longer period. So which make us revise that probably just getting a sample 24 hours after calving is not the best way to tests for subclinical hypoglycemia because I want those cows in my herd. Correct me if I'm wrong, would it be better to test cows on farms at least twice or would you just do it one time but not on the first day in milk? Yeah, I mean that's a really good question and Unfortunately, I don't have the answer of what you should do because I think that like mm -hmm. research is still needed for that. This has been another interesting study from another group that actually show better association uh, with between calcium concentrations and in this case was uterine disease when the calcium was drawn at three days post calving. So that might be a time point to look for. But again, and I know that uh, Dr. McCard at Cornell is trying to now ex better explore and provide recommendations on how should we be testing for subclinical hypocalcemia in commercial dairy herds with this in mind. But yeah, I mean, probably what we used to do of just measuring calcium within the first day after calving does not provide as much information as we want because yes we will be able to identify both those that are kind of transient hypocalcemic so they just have like that decrease and then recover and also the ones that would remain subclinically hypocalcemic for a longer period of time and we won't have an ability to differentiate between those so maybe testing later has better diagnostic accuracy however we don't have the information to say that right now Okay, so, but what I can tell is that uh, we don't know yet, but apparently with the evidence of this study, it's not on first, on the first day. Yeah. Next, uh, common management seen on farms to prevent milk fever is to give fresh cows a calcium bolus early uh, during that first uh, day in milk. Recent studies have looked at different aspects of the administration of calcium bolus. So can you tell us what did they find? 
Yeah, that's true. Obviously, many farms have started, well, if we, in a way to prevent milk fever and also subclinical hypercalcemia, was to say, like, well, if the cows are going to have a drop or a decrease in calcium concentrations right after calving, let's just supplement them with calcium. And interestingly, it's like a lot of some of the findings of these studies that where everything seems to be in common among all those studies is that when cows that do not need calcium supplementation receive calcium supplementation, that has actually been linked to worse outcomes. So it, it kind of like suggests that if the homeostasis of the mechanisms by which calcium gets regulated are not disturbed, we probably shouldn't be supplementing cows. For example, one of the studies found that given like calcium supplements to primipers heifers will actually decrease their milk production and increase their likelihood of them developing diseases in early lactation. And as probably everyone is aware because of milk fever, heifers are less likely to have milk fever just because their demands for milk production are lower than older cows. So they are again, less likely to have significant decrease in calcium concentration. So that's one of the reasons why, okay, probably just use kind of like a targeted supplementation approach rather than a blanket treatment approach in, in which you can supplement the cows that are at a higher risk of having subclinical hypercalcemia. So like cows that have twins or cows that had dystocia or really like cows in thorough greater lactations but not kind of like as a blanket treatment for like every cow in the herd. Yeah, blanket treatment is a lot easier for labor, but it's more yeah. practical. But I mean, if, if we there's already evidence that it could be detrimental for first lactation heifers, farmers should really be paying attention, doing that selective supplementation of calcium. Yeah. My last question for you is that if you could make a recommendation for producers to manage hypercalcemia or maybe more specific to subclinical hypercalcemia, what would that recommendation be? Yeah, I think that in terms of like a general management is to know whether it is an issue in their herd. So obviously we have, our farmers have primarily controlled the prevalence of milk fever through nutrition during the dry period, either through the addition of onion salts or through the addition of calcium binders to the rations of dry cows. And that also helps with subclinical milk fever. But again, it's something that you don't really know that you have it unless you test it. So if farmers are experiencing a high incidence of other diseases such as uh, displaced abomasum mastitis or metritis in early lactation, that's probably a trigger to investigate whether subclinical hypocalcemia might be an underlying issue. Again, the diagnosis needs to be done by a submission of samples to a lab or to a vet clinic that has the capabilities of measuring calcium. So it can, unfortunately, right now cannot be done outside. But a good thing is that calcium is relatively stable in blood samples so you can collect a blood sample and leave it in the fridge just in the tube for up to 14 days so if you if herders need to test or want to test for uh, subclinical hypercalcemia they can just collect a representative number of cows and just leave it in the fridge and next time where their veterinarian comes to do 
hair health checks, they can just take the samples with them. So it's, even though we cannot do it outside, we still have ways of doing it. And yeah, so like the management practices are really like the same that we use for like milk fever. It's just, we just need to make sure or to test that they are also working for subclinical hypocalcemia because they, again, we can have cows that experience a decrease in calcium concentrations. It's just that that decrease might not be as high to as to cause the cow to go down, but the cow might still experience subclinical hypocalcemia. So that, that might be interesting to test. And again, I would probably just test when you have other indicators in the herd that you're having a potential issue with subclinical hypocalcemia. So using other diseases to as red flags, for, would they would be like the red flags for subclinical hypocalcemia. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Abuelo. Thank you to our listeners for listening to this episode. And thanks to you, Paola, for leading that interesting discussion today. I hope that the studies presented today can help producers adjust their practices during the transition period to help those fresh cows as they manage subclinical hypocalcemia. Join us next week when we will have our season two finale. Definitely an episode you will not like to miss. So we ask that you please join us then. 